Please don't hurt me. I didn't do anything. Ah! Pew! Hello, Ian. Hello, Alekos. Hello, listeners. Welcome to I, I Am Not, not Your vegetable. vegetable. This is a brand new podcast. We, if you couldn't tell. We created. Yeah. Um, you're, we're, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Kind of random things that have happened to us. Random um, stories. Whatever's on our minds at the Weird moment. opinions. Yeah. You're probably wondering how we came up with the title. Uh, first of all, if you listen to Phoebe Bridgers and you understand the reference, you're a real one. Um, you know, she's she's kind of talking about how she's not going to let other people's opinions guide her, I guess. You know, Very Holden Caulfield of you, something like we, we attempt. Wow. Something we attempt to follow in our own lives. Yep. Also, we're staying true to our vegetarian roots. Yes, we get a lot of hate for that in real life. Yeah, so, you know, we're acknowledging the vegetables. It's what keeps us going. Yeah, they're always behind us. They're always supporting us. Yeah, in our digestive systems. (laughs) 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 And, and, you know, I'm proud to be vegetarian plus, as, as my friend Tatum would call it, because I'm verging on vegan. Right. Right. Not, not strict, though. So now that you have made several judgments about us. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Uh, we, we should talk about the, the intro quickly. That monotone speech and the there's uh, some yelling. And a gunshot. The pew. That's what that was. And a gasp. Yeah. Well, that was actually an excerpt from the opening lines of a production that me and Alekos both created and starred in in eighth grade. Yes. That we're going to talk a little bit, a bit about in a sec. We didn't really, we were trying to think about where to start with this, uh, but we decided to start... Uh, Near the beginning, actually. Yeah. Very close to the beginning. Um, eighth grade. Eighth grade. So me and Alekos actually met doing a production of Sherlock Holmes and the first... I think a, a production makes it sound like it was good. Uh-huh, um, that's true. It was an assemblance. I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, it was something. It, it was, was something. It was, it was a, a, it was it was a, a middle school play. It was a middle, middle school, school play. play. If you've ever been to, to one of those, you know what we're talking yeah. about. Uh, it was called Sherlock Holmes and the First Baker Street Irregular. Yes. Alekos played Sherlock Holmes. Ian and, played Watson. Yep. And that's how we became friends. Indeed. Uh, suffering through that yeah. horrific and great experience i see i think we thought it was great and those mm. watching thought it was horrific i enjoy uh-huh. i enjoyed it I thought yeah it, no, I no 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 it was it was it was sort of great um indeed so the next semester we decided that being in a play that was written by someone else wasn't enough for us no. we had to be the stars of Our something that we created main character syndrome and uh, before it was a thing, we we thought we were, we could take it one step better than a play. We could make a musical. musical. Yeah. Uh huh. So we we got to work. What 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 things seemed like inventive? Like what would be a bold departure from the murder mystery that is Sherlock Holmes mm. in the eighteen hundreds? 
So we decided we were going to set it in the 1920s. 1920s or 50s. It, unclear, actually. It's, it's actually very unclear in the scripts. You see, our knowledge of history at that point... Lacking. Quite lacking. In eighth, or confused, to say the least. In eighth grade, most of the things we had learned were about Mesopotamia and the fall of the Roman Empire. Those were the two big things yeah, that yeah, stuck yeah. out to me back then. Exactly. So... Uh, the differences between the 1920s and the 1950s seemed, like, completely irrelevant. Yeah. So, uh, we, we, first and second semester, eighth graders at our school got to choose an elective. Um, and we, second semester, chose to be in one-act plays, which our drama teacher ran. She was the one who, you know, uh, directed, d- directed the Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. So we decided to, to team up. There was two productions that, once again, I use that word very loosely, um, to assemble. 15-minute. Yeah. One-act uh, one plays that one act were, plays. were written by the students who were in that elective. And there, I would say there was maybe 20, th- 20 or 25 people in that. It was right. a lot because people thought that they could, that would be like, you know, low low work. That's not the right word. It, it wouldn't be a lot of work is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um. So, but we, no, we were taking it very seriously. My, my question is, how did we even make it past the selection process? It, because in, nobody else wrote anything. That's true. Like, we at we least had a story We were the only fully arc. formed idea, yeah. as much as you can say fully formed. You know, we were up at one in the morning on a Google Doc, you know, throwing out ideas. Right. Um, it was fun. Indeed. I mean, so you know, half this play was written... In science class. I, I will admit that I didn't do much science in Mr. F's class. I have a lot of uh, journal entries from then. And, and half of it was also written on late night FaceTimes. Yeah. Where we were both... You know, you see me and Alekos are people who should go to bed early. Because after a certain hour, our ability to function slowly disintegrates i think i think i do go to bed a lot earlier than you as a as a general rule Mm -hmm. he ends up very late frequently i used to stay up later than i do although recently i've been up kind of late because i don't have to get up early for school anymore um right but when you do pass a certain threshold i would say for you it's around 11 or 11 30 sometimes nine you know i'm gonna be real with you sometimes Sometimes nine sometimes nine Things but start... you, you get into that drunk, tired state, you know? And so most of this play was written in the drunk, tired state, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so the basic concept, it we really thought this was a departure from Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, we really thought it was its own new thing. Yeah, we were just trying to relive our glory days, guys. We, we, didn't, we didn't know what was going on. Now, I want to remind everyone listening that as if it weren't bad enough to perform this in front of our drama class, this play was performed in front of the entire middle school, yeah. actually. On two separate occasions, I on, think. On two like separate a... occasions, yeah. Um, but we, sp- we spent like two, two or three months working. Work. I mean, we spent the better part of second semester working on this. And the, ba- the basic plot uh, is there are these two detectives, one's... Again, not at oh, all. Oh, super similar. different. No, so different, so different from Sherlock. You would, you know, no comparisons could be drawn. There are these two detectives living in in New York City, mm-hmm. in either the 1920s or 1950s. 1950s. Unclear. Don't really remember uh, what it was supposed to be. 
and there's a murder and they have to solve it. And originally it was meant to be a musical, but none of the our fellow classmates, uh, they all refused to sing. So it, we just ended up writing, well, mostly Ian, ended up writing a score mm-hmm. um, with no words, which was kind of sad, but it definitely added an element, a mm-hmm. unique element. Right. And actually the, in the early phases of the process, I even had the, uh, the brilliant of idea of a 1920s noir rap musical. So I didn't know about this. From, you were going to, there was, there was, there was a, a few iterations that had, <laughs> you did not tell me about <laughs> that had, uh, that would have been horrible. <laughs> yeah. They were really, really bad. And some of them are like very, like even the same chord progressions and as like, as Hamilton, obviously, because he, that he was inspired by, inspired by, by Hamilton at the time. Now, the interesting thing is that like, this didn't mean that the music was rap music. It just meant that it was like, it, it, it was, was piano chords. It was piano chords that sounded like they were out of like, yeah. like like a deleted scene of La La Land, maybe. Yeah. Or or like like uh like something that you'd hear playing in a speakeasy. Yeah. Before everyone arrived, like like when, three p.m. Yeah. You know, two people are in there cleaning the tables. And I'd written like rap. Over see, I, I did not know this. Over some of the the original <laughs> piano chords. That's so concerning. <laughs> I'm very glad we didn't uh, didn't take that route. Yeah, yeah. I remember there's also the idea of having the the murderer play the ukulele. I think you were involved in this idea. This was one of our 11:30 ideas that the first that the murderer would be revealed from the very start of the musical, mm-hmm. and they would play ukulele and sing a song every time they killed someone. I remember that. Obviously, we, we couldn't like, get, we very couldn't get, we couldn't totally get correct, to do it. right? She didn't, she didn't want to, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, of course, then we had to take the route of making the murder mystery musical an actual mystery, um, unlike our original plans. Right. So there's this therapist. We'll just cut right to the chase. The therapist's there the whole time, and she's, uh, she's you know, seeing these different people, and turns out, shockingly, she's... She's the murderer. A serial she, killer, per she se. She is murdering all her clients in secret. Um, and some of these clients, I remember, actually are murdered because she, like, gives them certain, like, pills that make them suicidal or something like that. Really? I feel like Miss Prouty made us cut that out. Oh, did she? Did we have to change that? because well, originally she was... Actually, I can't even say what... I can't lot, even say what originally that makes was supposed lot, to be. That makes a lot more sense about... Uh, to, like, the We plot. definitely had some more... Ideas that, about, that idea was actually good, was but we probably had, had to, to cut it. Of, we had to cut some stuff um, out, make it a little more PG. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But the funny thing is, I, we were reading through the script, and at the end, we're like, the the detectives like asking the murderer, like, why did you kill these people for no reason? And she was, and she was like, I don't need a reason. And then we just seemed so so stunned in the time. The 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 detectives were like, What? We've you, never heard of that. What? <laughs> like serial killers? No. What? Who are they? <laughs> Who is she? I don't know her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, in a moment, I, I have something to say about that. But anyways, um, but anyways, this this that was the basic plot line. Basically, two detectives. One is on the older side. One is a, a younger, newer detective, and they go through all these like murders and all the people related to the murders in the span of 15 minutes yes and they find out they're all connected to this one therapist they find out who the therapist is 
they even have therapists in 1920? That doesn't even make I, sense. No, she was a psychoanalyst. Psycho right, because okay. we wanted to be historically right, we were really, accurate. Yeah, exactly. Right. But not only did we write the music, the script, we also... Built the set. Built the set and designed the costumes. That's true. Even though the, these were jobs assigned to other students. Yeah. And as you know, middle school students are... Group projects. You know how those go. Yes. So... So I remember taking a few days off of PE, and I remember the, yeah. the intense requests I had to make. Yeah. I would go up to the PE teacher and it say how invested it I was, was in this this intense one-act musical. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to the story. Other, it, it, I mean, I think we definitely had slightly larger egos than we should have. Uh, we, thought, we thought it was really good. And recently we found a recording of the show. Um, in a Google Drive, and it was just, it was, it was terrible. So, yeah. If any, of, if any of you people listening are uh, did theater in middle school, I would recommend if you can find a video of your production, you must watch it. It is, but lower your expectations. Lower your expectations. So low. And prepare to have your little middle school dreams crushed. Yeah. But it, it is it is a like I feel like it's a growing experience. Oh, definitely. I mean, most ter- bad things that happen in middle end school up being, are in in any point end up being growing experiences, uh, or not. You just keep making the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. Right. Um, but we were reminded of this murder mystery musical because, because... of something that's happening in our neighborhood. Right. Which is there's a there's a serial cat killer on the loose. Um, I first found out about this about you told me about mm-hmm. it uh, maybe three or four weeks ago. Uh, people were posting on next door that their cats were being killed, and <clears throat> it was clearly done at the hands of, of humans. Uh, like people, somebody is like cutting these cats apart with knives which is very concerning. I kind of didn't think too much of it. I mean, I was alarmed for sure. Kind of didn't think too much of it. Uh, about two weeks ago, I joined Nextdoor to find a used sewing machine. Um, and I started seeing there's this whole thread. The serial cat killer has moved to my neighborhood as well. Ian and I live like two, two kind of like cities Adjacent apart. towns, Yeah, yeah, maybe? yeah. Um, Nearby, though. Um, so, obviously, the, the cat killer is broadening their horizons. Yeah, yeah. so Bay Area people, there's a cat killer on the loose. And it's concerning because, you know, I've, I've, I've done a bit of research into serial killers, and they often start with animals. But uh, I was wondering, uh, a couple months ago, back when we were still in school, our Latin teacher came into class one day, shout out J-Mac, and she's like, you guys, you have to watch Don't Fuck With Cats on Netflix. And I was like, why would I do that? I hate scary things. She was like, no, like this person's like was killing cats. And then there was a whole Facebook group of Karens who like set out to find him. Um, And I'm wondering if you think my theory is that this cat killer in our area was uh, inspired by by that whole thing, because I think it got a lot of attention, you know, on Netflix. A lot of people saw it. And not to say that, you know, the killing of animals wasn't a first step in a, the formation of a lot of serial killers. I think it, it was. I'm just wondering if this specific and rampant targeting of cats is inspired by that. Do you think that this is like, do you think that this can happen like with other forms, like with 
other like TV shows and movies and stuff like that, do you think that they can maybe inspire people who might already have some like inner yeah definitely. tendencies? I mean, well, it makes me think of you remember how freshman year we read Catcher in the Rye, mm-hmm. and everybody was going off about how the guy who killed John Lennon somehow was inspired. Yeah. Oh, John Lennon. Yeah, was yeah. somehow inspired by The Catcher in the Rye, which is weird because I, there's no, like, I don't know how that happened. That's not a clear correlation at all. Uh, it's a good book. Very good book. Fight me on it. Most people disagree. Um, but so I think, I think yeah, they can definitely inspire people to do specific things for sure. Um, you know, the other thing that the, the cat... It reminded me of like the opening scenes of the end of the fucking world, you know, where yes. he's going around exactly. the neighborhood. Kill- yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. That's another another Netflix show if you haven't seen it. End of the fucking world. It's great. Um, but yeah, if you are the cat killer listening, <laughs> we just want to say why. Well, but see, no, no, no. Here's the thing. They don't feel. See, my first instinct too would be to, to, to reason, to, to try to understand. But I feel that they don't, serial killers don't view the world in the same way. Do they they don't view it do. what they're doing is wrong. Right. It's right. entertainment, you know. Right. And which I don't really understand, but I think trying to understand it from my own perspective isn't going to work. Right. Because they have a different perspective than us. Point of view. Um, but I think, you know, then Ian and I were talking, should we, should we try to solve this? this thing because I feel that you know people could make some discoveries about what's going on if if they sat down you know people who, who do these kind of things tend to have very patterned way of think ways of thinking so if you sit down and make a list of all the cats that have been mm-hmm. killed and if they had any traits in common and the neighborhoods that they were in and try and find any consistencies between, I bet there's something that's linking it together even when they were killed. You were saying something about fireworks, right, earlier? Right, so the the killer actually is, seems to be utilizing the fireworks as sort of distraction and making it harder for them to be caught because, you know, um, there's so much, like, you know, loud sounds always happening mm-hmm. and people are so distracted by that that they're not going to notice as much. Do you think it's possible that because I was reading there's a difference between psychopaths and psychotic behavior. Yeah. Where if this person was in fact not a psychopath, but rather psychotic. Like del- that, delusional? Like well, yes. So sometimes it can be triggered. So I'm wondering if something, they have some traumatic association with those loud sounds and then that triggers this behavior in that person. Huh. Whereas now that you're bringing that up, I don't know if that's super far-fetched, but that could be another, it could be either of those things. Right, right. I mean, I've heard of like cases where people don't even... Like think that they're killing the people. They think that they're, they're yeah, saving well, them from something. They're having they're they're having like hallucinations, so they right. don't actually realize what they're doing. Right. I don't know. Well, that's an interesting. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I I hope that people are taking it seriously though, because I do think. I mean, cats shouldn't be dying. That's you For know sure. shouldn't shouldn't be happening. But also, I think it's very possible that they could move on to people and. You know that wouldn't be that wouldn't be so great. Dude, the Karen like task force on the don't fuck with the cats. They need to get back. They, together. Yeah, the the band needs to get back together. I know. Um, <laughs> no, how much do you want to bet that the police <laughs> no, aren't like they have nothing they, else to they, do? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I yeah. was like, they have nothing, nothing else to do. I mean, yeah. we live in a, a predominantly white, rich area, yeah. so the police department is essentially 
their like their main thing is like coming if like anything out of the ordinary happens let's say that there's just like like a person who isn't from the town walking down the street like the police will get called yeah it's so it's so ridiculous yeah. i mean as we know with everything that's happening with police right now it's clear that the 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 way that our current police system is not functioning in a healthy way in america mm-hmm. um and so i think i mean this is an example i mean but it hasn't changed at this point and so they're just sitting around doing nothing mm-hmm. uh not to say that crime isn't happening but it's i don't know i think they probably honestly they probably let it go i bet because you, people pay them off how you much think, you want to like, bet do you think how if much you're you like a bet? like police officer and you just see a tesla like driving yeah, by well, on like exactly. like you're not even just gonna pull them over it's just like not worth your time exactly like <laughs> Well, yeah, and one thing that was happening on our street, another next door moment here. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a Tesla that had been parked sort of on the street, maybe like two houses down from, from where I live, for like two months. It hadn't moved, and, and our city has this rule that uh, if, if you can't, I think you can't park overnight or you can't park for more than two nights, um, and... Like in on the street, unless you have a, a permit uh, from the city, which this Tesla did not. And on our very same street, maybe ten houses back, there's like an old kind of rickety van that had been parked. And immediately, like after being there for three nights, people on next door there was a next door thread going about this van. Somebody called the police to give them a ticket, um, and it was just the the I think it was the van of somebody who actually lives here and. They hadn't gotten a permit or I don't, I don't know the whole story, but then somebody else started another next door thread saying, why is no one talking about the Tesla that's, <laughs> that's on the, that hasn't moved in, in two months. Uh, and so it's true. I think, yeah, I think that the police let people get away with stuff all mm-hmm. the time. I'm sure. Absolutely. Right. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this though. I hope they address it. Um, yeah. Right. Now, we were talking about JMAC earlier in our Latin class, and that reminded me of one of the quintessential experiences that of my and your high school time, I guess. The time Wait, wait, wait. Are we going to have to are we going to have to censor how much of this can Okay, continue. We'll I'm it, we'll actually not out. talking about what you think oh, I'm talking okay. about. I am talking about right now the time that we were goat midwives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That what God, you heard him. are going to be so suspicious now. You but. heard him correctly. <laughs> uh, we assistant birthed goats. Right. Sophomore now, year. I think that this was this um, maybe not fully redeemed, but maybe partly redeemed the the great chicken mistake. Oh God! Oh God! Um, oh. Now to get full context for this, I think that Alekos is going to have to I- express yeah. his uh, okay. His so deep you guys, you guys, this. it was freshman year. This I have three regrets in my life, and now the reason that these are regrets are because I know had I done something, uh, taken the you know the other path of the two options at the time that it wouldn't have drastically changed my future because there are plenty of times in my life where I could have done something differently that, you know, you would think would be one of my regrets. And honestly, if I could go back, I wouldn't actually change them because I 
truly don't know how my life would have turned out. And even if one thing maybe would have been better, something else might not be there. Um, so these regrets are very specific. Here they are. One, in eighth grade, I think it was eighth grade, we were at the dance concert. It was May 18th. And I heard this song and it was such a good song. And it was it was oceanized. That was what the song was. And I remember going home and looking it up and it was the only song that Billy had out at that point. And no hate towards her. I don't love her. I don't dislike her new music, but I don't love it as much as I liked her first EP. And so my regret in that situation is that I did not try to find her other I think I was just confused like she only had one or two songs out my regret is that I didn't kind of like listen to it again I think I discarded it because I was like who is this person like they don't have anything else out like I don't know regret number one. Oh my god you then, like because I could have seen her with venue. Zoe oh at rickshaw stop that would have been sick that isn't that would that see because that was like yeah. before now she's like overly popular like Playing she's like and, and and you know and and then you're basic if you listen to her which is weird but um it's a different vibe now than it was in, in 2016, for sure. Um, in my second regret is it was there, there was this thing on the Caltrain. It's kind of a long story. I'm not even going to get into it. Basically, this dude was like being mean to this old woman, and I like wish I'd gotten up and let her sit next to me instead. That's my second regret. Mm. My third regret is this chicken, okay? It was freshman year. Our school, we go to a, we go to private Catholic school, and uh, there is a small farm uh, on our campus. And the the guy who takes care of the farm, uh, we'll call him Kermit the Frog to protect his anonymity. He murders chickens. Yes, he murders them in well, a trap. Well, okay, let me let me give some context. The school farm is meant to be like. Uh, uh, a way of like uh, healthy farming, I guess. So basically, it's like a small farm. They raise the animals, um, and they also slaughter the animals, and then they use like the the meat for the school cafeteria. It, sometimes it, it's like a yeah. Sometimes I mean it's be- it's better than it's better than factory farming or, or something like that. But um, we used to have farm days. Uh, we had like a, a rotating kind of like block schedule. Mm-hmm. So our and this each- is an infamous day, by the way. Everyone knows about this farm, day. Farm day, yeah. Well, there was different ones, but there's the specific chicken killing farm day. Right. So I had uh, I had history G period of freshman year, modern world. And um, we had farm day first thing in the morning. We had G period, first period on a Tuesday maybe. And um, so we had, we had farm day first thing in the morning and it was the chicken day. And I've been vegetarian since eighth grade like halfway through eighth grade ian's been vegetarian his whole life um i was i was not looking forward to it um so we get there i'm like trying to bless the chicken uh some people are like taking videos on snapchat other people are like straight up crying like some of the girls were so upset um kermit the frog shows zero emotion he's the guy who kills the chickens um kermit Oh my god! Like conspiracy theory. Hopefully, Kermit doesn't hear this. Like I'm serious. This has crossed my mind. Okay. He shows no remorse. None. Anyways, he sticks this chicken in a traffic cone, slices off its head. Blood is pouring. Guys are like, "Oh my god!" Like it was gross. Um, but 
D period's chicken had already been picked out, and D period was at the end of the day that day. And I looked at that chicken as the other one was being murdered. It was in a little cage off to the side. And I, I was like, I can't go through the rest of my day knowing that this chicken is just sitting here waiting to be murdered yeah. all day. I can't live with myself. And so I look at that chicken and I'm like, I'm not going to let you die. I like prom and, and people are always like, oh, he would have just killed another chicken. It doesn't matter. And it's like, no, I don't care that he would have killed another chicken. It was that specific chicken I made a promise to. I know that sounds ridiculous. I'm being so serious right now. Right. And, and I actually remember you pulling me into the third floor bathroom. I because I was yeah I was trying to hype myself up. I was not going to tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody because I was going to come back at lunch, watch Kermit bike away, and steal the chicken. But tragically, I made the decision to tell Ian of my plan. Um, and here's the thing: I I mean I don't general I don't like break rules all the time. I'm not just out here. But like if it's a rule that I think is stupid or that I fundamentally disagree with, I will break it. Ian, on the other hand, more he, he's more, he'll go for the conversational route, I would say. Indeed. Um, yes, I I was a little worried. Our school is filled with security cameras. Um, so I was a little worried that Alekas would be caught stealing the chicken. And, but see, uh, I didn't really care if I got caught it, all that mattered was that I only got caught after I took the chicken. After you took the chicken. Because what were they going to do? I mean, they have bigger issues. Kid, this was in the height of the jeweling epidemic. I mean, kids were on campus in the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, they had other stuff to deal with, you know. Uh, and so, you know, a 14-year-old freshman running away with a chicken you know, I don't think was going to be the biggest of their worries. But I was I was really nervous because, you know, that was a lot. And I was worried that the bird was going to run away and then I'd be chasing it across campus, you know, if it flapped out of my arms or it was going to peck me in the process. And, you know, it does, maybe didn't know that I was trying to help it. I, I mean, I felt like we had a connection, but, you know, maybe it would, it would get flustered in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, right. So I tried yeah. to convince Alekas to... I brought him with me. We watched Kermit, Kermit bike away, and I had the chicken well, okay, wait, wait, wait. in my arms. I, I tried to convince Alekas to talk to Kermit, Kermit the Frog. But Kermit, Kermit is not a man of reason. He, he isn't. This, we discovered this. Oh, I knew this. Um, so Alekas... You had too much faith. We went, we went and I really had faith that Kermit, Kermit the Frog... No, I, I knew how Kermit... Alekas is more of a cynic, as you can tell. So I brought over Alekas over to Kermit, and I was like, Kermit. No, no, no. We didn't go to Kermit until after you. I had the chicken in my arms, and Ian said, Ian looked at me. I had mustered all of the confidence in my being. I had it in my arms. I was going to run and jump the fence. It was like a, like I had to run across a full football field, okay? I had it in the cage in my arms, but I had to take it out of the cage. In put it in a towel or like a shirt or a jacket or something so that it wouldn't flap away. I had the cage in my arms and it was flapping, which was t- scary actually. It was like, Rah! you know, flapping around. Yeah. Um, and Ian's standing there and he's like, Leco, stop. And then all of the courage that I'd been mustering the whole morning just like fell out of me. And I put the cage down and then we went and had a 20 minute argument with Kermit and he killed the chicken. The chicken. Killed and it's my fault. And it haunts, you have to understand, it haunts me still that I let the chicken die. It's yeah. like I was in a situation where I could have 
saved something and I didn't, I was too scared, you know, and it makes me question my, my morality and my ability to, to stand up to authority. Now, I mean, of course, this is definitely very, you know, this, this may not seem like a very big situation to the listening audience, but this was, this was a very big, this is a defining moment in my life. Defining moment in Alexis's life. It's my biggest of the three. And it raises a question, you know, can you persuade people like can you persuade people to change things or do you just have to like yeah enact that change yourself yeah because like That's a good question because you're taking it deep here I, yeah I, I mean it is part of a, like a, a bigger thing I mean obviously this is also going on in the country right now with the whole yeah. question of like rioting and looting and stuff yeah. like um, people are obviously it's, very not, it's not the same it's not the same thing not but... the same thing but it's part of the same question yeah. I think um, I think looking at a system and saying that I don't like the way that this is happening and this shouldn't be what's normal. Mm-hmm. And then, but you know, the people who are in charge of that system are not often open to changing it, I think, mm-hmm. which is frustrating. Right. And so then it's easy to feel like, Oh, well, there's nothing I can do. Right. Right. So, so sometimes you just feel like you have to actually physically do something yeah. to ignite that change. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like there are some situations, like obviously what we learned with permit is that sometimes you do just have to take action and do what you have to do to save the chicken. Yeah. You know? Um, but anyway, obviously this, this is still very intense in Alexis's mind. I don't think it will ever no, fade it's, in intensity. It's I feel like, like this is a story still, you're telling your children. It still upsets me so much. It's my biggest regret. Yeah. It really is. Because, so, yeah. So if any of you are listening, if you're ever wondering if you should take that chicken and run with it, do it. Do it. You, you or you will regret it. Miss Wrench told me something very wise, though, my, my history teacher, because I, I went to her later that day. I was super upset telling her everything that happened. She was like, she was like, you should have done it. What a, like, you know, but after all that, she said to me, you know, it's okay because there's going to be, you might not have done it now, but this was a learning moment uh, because there's going to be another moment in your, in your life, maybe many other moments where, where it's going to be a bigger situation and you're going to know from this, like where it's actually really going to matter. Not to say that the chicken didn't matter, but it's going to matter more than the life of the chicken and you're going to know now what you have to do. And I think she's right. I think she is. Um, right. I don't know what that moment is or when it will be, but so uh, as bad as it was that you didn't take the chicken on that day, it has influenced you to never, never hesitate again. Yeah. Yeah. Or to push through the hesitation, you push know? through the hesitation. Right. In, in those situations. But I don't think I've been faced with it dilemma quite like that since Uh but i'm sure that i will in the future yeah so i mean i think our greatest regrets are also the things that you know lead us to become you know better people and people that we the people we want to be you know yeah like like i don't know what what, another one of your regrets is you know billy eilish the next time (laughs) next time you hear like that's stupid though yeah yeah i mean the next time you hear a small artist you're obviously gonna you're gonna know. Yeah. yeah. Um, to pay attention to them. And yeah. uh, are those, you only have three regrets. Well, my third that? regret is we were on the Caltrain that day. Oh, yeah, I remember from, that. From the 
in, environmental, environmental protest. protest. Yeah. And um, we were sitting next to this old couple and they were near the, Ian and I were across from each other. And then they were like next to us on in the window seats. And the old lady was kind of saying like she was too hot from the mm-hmm. sun to her husband across from her. And so I, I said, oh, like here, you, you want to switch with me? And I think Ian got confused and thought they were standing up. So then they just kind of moved seats to like kind of maybe three rows behind us. And then there's this guy sitting there. Um, I remember this guy. He was maybe 18 or 19, yeah. y- young. Um, and he was playing rap really loudly from his phone. And um, the old lady, after like, you know, 10 minutes kind of asked him, would you mind turning that down or, or listening with headphones? And he was like, no, you can't make me. Like, which is like such a like mean thing to, I don't know. That's such, yeah. Anyways, so then like, uh, they were kind of like arguing. She was being really sweet though. She wasn't like, she was like old too. She was probably like in like her, like 80s. 80s. Maybe they, even I, 90s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were old. And um, and I don't think English was their first language. They were just asking him to turn it down. And then this the the Caltrain guy comes up and she's oh like, can you, can you ask him to turn it down? And like, and he's like, we have a rule on here. Like you have to use headphones. And, if, and he's like, I don't have headphones. And then he's like, well then don't listen to it. And he's like, no, like you're, you're infringing on my constitutional right. Like, <laughs> but, and then, and then he's like, yeah, but like, I'm the authority here. And he's like, well, I like to question authority, <laughs> which like, there okay, is a time and a place time, yeah. to going, question going authority. Going back to the chicken thing, like if a wrong. life is on the line, question the, or, or someone's being, you know, treated unjustly. If it, if someone's just asking you to turn your music down and be you know, like, come on. Like, they're not trying to like suppress your right. They're just trying to make people feel comfortable. I mean, yeah. yeah, and so then this guy, but then this guy goes off and like, and the the train guy the left. The argument on went on for like ten minutes. Yeah, and she and he just kept egging her on, and then he was like, "Your time's coming. You're gonna die soon." Like he was just being so mean, and then I didn't know what to do because I didn't really want to get into an argument with this guy, mm-hmm. and and looking back on it, I really wish that I'd like gotten up and just said to the lady and her husband, like, "Here, come back and sit with us," mm-hmm. because that would have you know, kind of diffused the situation in a way where I wasn't actually confronting anyone. Right but I was still giving her a place to move so she didn't have to sit right next to this guy mm-hmm. who was, like, ta- like being super rude. And also, like, I don't know. So that is my other my other regret. I didn't do anything. And then finally, another woman who was sitting next to the guy was like, no one wants to hear your shit tasting music anyway. <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> and then, like, our stop came and we got off. Um, I, yeah, that's my other regret, my third regret. Indeed. Because the other things that, even if there's other things that I like super cringe about mm-hmm. or that I wonder, there are plenty of things, big life things where it's like, I wonder what would have happened if I'd mm-hmm. done something differently. When I think about those, if I if I had taken a, a different path in those situations, I don't know what my life would be like. And there's a lot of good things in my life that I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have. Right. So those are why I've specifically, like, those are like smaller things where it's like the overall situation of my life wouldn't have changed. Right. Um, it was just like some a small moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any big regrets? <laughs> mm, and none that I uh, <laughs> particularly want to talk about at the moment. Okay. But yes, I think I have way more than three. I would love to have just like three big ones that are just like I can clearly define. But mm. no, uh, my middle school days still come back to haunt me late at night. See, when I think about those uh, things where those unfortunate situations, mm-hmm. it's like if I hadn't done it, I like. It helped to build character, you I know? Guess, yeah, I guess so. 
I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, back to the goat midwives. That was oh my god, I don't even remember this story. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. as we were saying, uh, our Latin teacher, J Mac, is a very unusual person, unique person, and she also works uh, uh, as a manager of the farm. She's not one of the people who kills the animals. She's more of a, uh, uh, I don't even know. I think she's like the like the the opposite of Kermit. Like Kermit is like the the killer, and like J Mac is like the birth. The, the birther, birther. yeah, <laughs> the, the midwife, the midwife, yeah, and um, so we, this is the time when th- this sort of is like this is how the the chicken story has sort of influenced us, like to take more chances in our lives. Right. Um, I remember that it was, J-Mac, it was Spirit Week, it my was spirit my week, least right. favorite week, and I I think a lot of schools have some similar week you know where all the grades like fight each other and wear a lot of colors um i hate it i think everyone it all the color you know everyone's like wearing the same color so like freshmen are like green and then sophomores are yellow and then juniors are blue and seniors are red oh god conformity everywhere i look disgusting (laughs) um and and they're all pitted against each other what you were born three months earlier than me so i have you know you have the right to hate me or i was born eight months before you so so now i'm better than you like that's so stupid anyways it was that week, my least favorite. Right. Um, it was, I believe, like the final assembly day. Um, I f- we might have been midway through. I don't know. Okay. There, but it, there was were- a, it was a big, um, they were doing like, it, the, in Spirit Week, they do all these contest, contests at our school. Yeah. So, um, so the grades fight each other and yell a lot. Right. And everyone ends up hoarse by the end of the week. Yeah. And um, essentially... Uh, we decided to just not go because we went in to the Latin classroom to right, leave right, our backpacks right, right. because we, I refuse to use the lockers. Um, hmm. I just feel they're inconvenient. So, uh, so we were in the, we were in the Latin room leaving our backpacks in there. The other Latin teacher said something about how J Mac, the other Latin teacher, there, there's two of them, right. uh, both, both very bizarre, unique characters. But, um, he said that, J Mac was gone birthing the goat or right, not right. birthing them, helping them give birth. Yeah. And so then we look at each other and we kind of walk out and we're like, dude, screw the, the spirit week thing. Like let's go witness goats being Giving born. Birth. Yeah. Right. So we ran over to the school farm where the goats are in their like pens. And like, you just hear all this, like, like to give you a visual, J Mac is squatting in like, goat shit like in her like in her overalls, overalls like completely brown pink hair overalls. like five piercings just like like doing some weird like goat like massaging their goat stomachs and like like with a like a bloody towel <laughs> over oh her shoulder <laughs> like and the goat is just like there like screaming and bleeding it's like oh. <laughs> and the goats do this weird thing where they i didn't know this before but they like they give birth all at the same time it's like right it's very fast it's like you would not know that but no but like i mean so these goats not only seem to have gotten pregnant around yeah. the same time but they they all like three different goats were giving birth on the same day it's like how i don't even know what a good ex- example of it is but it's like they sync up their births i don't know how they do that right um so there's like three different ghosts just like lying like ah, on the ground, <laughs> right? Like, and uh, yeah, 
Ghosts are not particularly good with newborn right. goats. They, yeah. Um, so by the yeah. time we got there, I think one had been born. One, one had been born. Born already. And, and the, we, J-Mac was like, like freaking out because they were in the pen and we couldn't get into the pen. And the mom was like almost like stepping well, on the no, baby. They, they were. That's why I said that yeah. goats are not good they mothers. Really they are. step. They were, they are literally, their hooves, they're like 300 pounds. These are big goats, yeah. okay? Stepping on their newborn children, right. kids, I guess is the correct term, and just killing them. Like, what? They have no self awareness. It's right. so terrible. Right. But anyway, the other goats are like bleeding in different spots around the, the, um, <laughs> the bleeding. <laughs> Like around the pen, and yeah. all of a sudden, like J Mac starts yelling again because another one is like about to come out, and we all like we rush over, yeah. and the goat just like it just slides it just out, slid out so and fast, you guys. It's like five big. seconds. It was out. It's pretty big. Like it it's like out. it looks like a baby goat from the like obviously, but it, it looks <laughs> the like baby a goat. The baby goat looks, looks like, like a baby, baby goat. goat. <laughs> Shocking revelation. But it, it's like actually pretty big. It's like pretty developed no, when yeah, it no, comes no. out. And, and they um, start walking. I mean, it gives you a sense of how human human babies are just... I don't know how they survive. Yeah, I mean, these crazy. goats are up and walking after an hour or two. Right. Like, yeah. So, in the span of, like, five minutes, I think, like, two or three more baby goats were just, like, sliding out all <laughs> over the place. It was utter chaos. Yeah. So, yeah. we were trying to, like, prevent all these babies from, like, being, like, trampled. Yeah, and... so we'd have to go and, like, lift up the hoof of the, the, the mother goats. Mm. off of the the babies right and um that is how we gave birth (laughs) well we We, helped give the the goats we conceived and gave birth birth to to eight goats (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but anyway that's yeah life and death on the farm yeah in the same uh area in the same area now this is over the course of two years the circle of life yeah yeah um Lion King got it right. Lion King did get it right. Slightly different species. We should talk about that sometime. Maybe I don't know if we have time today to speak about our Lion King experience, but oh yeah, I think this is a little. I started it a little late right. timer, so I don't know so, how long we're um, doing this. Thank you all for listening. We have is this, covered, is this the end? <laughs> I think this is the end. We have completed the circle of life here with the, the goats I, yeah, giving I birth. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and I, felt, I felt like we were just getting warmed up. We're just getting warmed up. I know. Well, uh, We'll be back at you soon with another one of these. And uh, yeah, I mean, we should we should do weekly. Thank you for listening. I'm Ian. I'm Alekos. I'm sure you know this because I'm sure these are like our our only only the only people listening. I'm sure are people that know us. So. <laughs> Hi guys. Hello. Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Toodaloo.